Good morning, Radiate Man. I'm so glad that you guys are with us today as, as we get into week two of our Define the Line series. Uh, I know that you've enjoyed worship and an opportunity to give already today. Uh, I am excited to jump into the Word and get into this thing and find out uh, what God's speaking to us today. We started this series, Define the Line, last week. We talked about the difference in consumers and contributors and how God is inviting us day after day after day to not just be consumers that consume uh, the gifts that he has for us, but contributors uh, that make a difference in our world. And he invites us on a journey of making a difference for him and with him in the kingdom. And so I'm really glad you're with us. I hope you got your notebooks, your pens, pencils, whatever out, your uh, iPads so you can take, an, take notes, whatever it is. We'd love for you to engage and, and take notes and digest this later. Later in the week as we dig down into this stuff. And um, man, I'm just so excited. Let's go ahead and get started. I want to look in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 6 through 10 real quick. We're going to start there today. And it's going to come up and it says this. It says, therefore, uh, do not be partakers with them. Verse 7, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the Son's of disobedience. For you were formerly darkness. Please please gather that. Please look at that. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Look at this. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Look at this. For the fruit of the light. He says you were formerly darkness, now you're of the light of the Lord. You're with Jesus, you've given your life to Jesus, and this is what the fruit of being a part of light looks like, and it's goodness and righteousness and truth. So if we ever want to just look and go, where is our comparison point for how we're living our life with Jesus, right? This is it right here. It's not other people. It's not other churches. It's not other Christians. It's not the way they pray. It's not the way they worship. It's this right here. The fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then let's go to the last verse. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Today, I want to talk to you about this thought, this concept, that I'm going to steal a book title from an author named Seth Godin. He's a marketing uh, uh, guru, and he has a book out called The Purple Cow. And I'm going to explain that concept in just a moment. But today, as you take notes, title it this. I'm going to talk to you about the concept of being a purple cow. I know some of you are offended that I just called you a cow. And that's okay because we need to be purple cows, all right? So if you're going to be a cow, just be a purple cow that stands up. Let's pray together. Lord, take these words, take these scriptures, take these verses today. God, let them sit deep down in our hearts. Let them change us. Let them move in us. Let them shift us towards contributorship with you and citizenship in the kingdom. Draw us closer to you, God. We love you so, so much, and we're grateful to be a part of this journey with you. In your name, amen. Guys, I want to talk to you about the purple, the purple cow. See, here's the thing. In the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is much, if not all, about living and looking differently in this world. It's, it's all about being different, looking different, living different. It's about after you come to life in Christ and you've 
submitted your life to Christ, things should be different. And doesn't it make sense? Because we sing songs, right, on Sundays and during the week. We sing songs about how powerful God is, how there's another in the fire. He changes the fire of our lives. He changes the situation. Uh, we, we sing songs based on that. We read scriptures every day whenever we feel like our life is, is, is difficult and frustrating. We'll memorize scriptures that help us get through the time about how God can change the situation. If God is powerful enough to change the situation, don't we think that it would be uh, smart to understand that God not only changes situations, but He changes people. He changes people. Jesus changes everything. When Jesus shows up, He's in a room, or Jesus, I I think about the, the, the girl that everybody presumed was dead, and Jesus walks in and He says, she's not dead, she's asleep. He prays over her, she gets up, and her life is there. He walks in the room, and, and everything changes. As a child, when he walks into the synagogue and begins teaching, he changes everything. No matter where Jesus is, no matter where he steps, no matter where he stands, he changes everything. And I think what I'm afraid of is we believe that Jesus can change everything for everyone except us. Jesus can change everyone else. Jesus can change every other situation. Jesus can change every difficulty, every problem. He can change every person except us. Because what I'm afraid of is we've bought into this incomplete Christianity, this incomplete kingdom gospel that changes everything about me but me. I still struggle with the same things I used to struggle with. I still think the same way, feel the same way gossip the same way, drink too much, cuss too much, look at things I shouldn't look at, right? I still judge based on uh, feeling rather than truth. Like all of these things, I'm still the same I was. Just this time I've got the name Christian on on my shirt rather than the name of whatever else I was dealing with at the time. And I just want to tell you that our job, not our job, uh, the reality of Jesus is that whenever we submit our lives to Jesus, everything about our lives from that point forward should be changed. Now, it's a journey. It's a process. Very rarely is it a very, is it, is it a, a miraculous moment where everything just shifts at that time. I get the opportunity right before I preach this message, I got the opportunity to be on a phone call with my daughter that prayed and asked Jesus into her heart today. Like, that's an incredible thing for a parent, right? But you know what my mind goes to now? Like, I get to teach her what it means to live a different life in Jesus. I want to tell you today, Seth Godin has this book called The Purple Cow. I mentioned it earlier. It's a marketing book. It's about how if you pass a herd of cows and you're passing on these cows, you have to be, you have to create in your business a purple cow concept. The purple cow concept is if you're passing fields of cows, the cow that's going to stand out the most is the purple cow. Why? It's still a cow. It's still the same height. They're relatively the same height, size, and does the same things. It looks different. There's something that makes it stand out. Can I just tell you that you and I are called to be the spiritual purple cows in this world? We shouldn't look like everybody else. We shouldn't think like everybody else. I'm going to be real. I'm going to challenge you. We shouldn't fight with people on social media like everybody else. Hey, let me give you this thought, right? I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to offend you right off the bat today. Right? Here's the truth. Some of us, 
that claim to love Jesus with all that we have. I'm not doubting that we do, but the problem is more people know our political stance on masks, COVID, and school than they do about Jesus. That's not being a spiritual purple cow that's fitting in with everything else. We would rather people know where we stand on a back-to-school policy than we would on a back-to-heaven policy with Jesus. Like, our job is to be a spiritual purple cow. And I don't know about you, but I love the fact that, that God invites me and invites you, He invites us to be a part of this journey to where we get to be a part of something completely different. Our lives, after we come to Jesus, after we submit our lives to Jesus, after we've prayed that prayer and given Him our hearts and given Him our lives, our lives should scream the loudest without saying a word. Our lives should scream the loudest without, without saying a word. Now, hear me. I'm not that guy that says, oh, man, go and, and tell people about Jesus without ever telling anybody about Jesus. Just go live your life. Like, I think that they both work together, verbal and nonverbal. nonverbal. It's easy for me to say. Like, I think they work together. But my point is, is that if we're living a life that is, that is submitted to Jesus and empowered by the Spirit, and graced by God, then we should look, think, talk, reason, ration. We should do everything. Live, uh, share, give differently. Why in the world should people that don't even believe in Jesus be more generous than the people that love him? Why in the world should people that don't have a, a relationship with the Savior of the universe be more loving and tolerant than people that do? Why? Because the people that do aren't being contributors is my only conclusion I can come to. So today, I want to talk to you about it, what it means to actually be different in Christ. This is going to take us forward. We're going to, we're going to run on the tracks of, of being different. We're going to be powered by the Spirit. We're going to be graced by God, saved by Jesus, and we're going to, we're going to be different in this thing. So I want, to, I want to jump into this with you. I've got three quick points today uh, about what it means to be different. The first point is this. It's going to come on the screen. It says this, being different equals standing firm in Christ. Write that down. Like that right there, if you don't get anything else right off the bat, being different means standing firm, standing firm, standing firm, standing firm in Christ. Not in me, not standing firm in political nature, not standing firm in a voter's choice, not standing firm in anything else, standing firm in Christ. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Here we go. It says this, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Please pay attention to this. The wording of this, the punctuation of this, so much. It says, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So we have to know who He is. And then it says, to a mature man. To a mature man. 
a lot of us can have this false sense of identity of what a spiritually mature Christian is. But this is a mature, spiritually mature Christian right here. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So here's what he's saying. When we come to a place of being full in Christ, of Christ, with Christ. That's maturity, being full of Christ. Here we go, keep going, verse 14. And as a result, we are no longer, highlight this, underline this, memorize this, write this on your bathroom mirror. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Dude, he's writing, Paul's writing here and he's saying this. When we are spiritually mature in the fullness of Christ, when we really know who Christ is, we can no longer be like children. We can no longer be tossed here and there. We can no longer move with the winds. We can no longer be thrown about by every wind of doctrine, by everything that sounds good but isn't biblical, by everything that feels good but isn't spiritual. Come on, somebody. When we're spiritually mature and we're in the fullness of Christ, we have such a firm foundation that we are not tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by the wind of doctrine. And then it says this, or by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. Watch this. But speaking the truth in love. Can we please in society get a hold of this today? Like some of us are speaking love, but we're speaking it in such hate, in such vitriolic nature that nobody wants to hear it because it's mean and rude and we're jerks. Like nobody, it goes back to the old adage, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Be the purple cow in society today. Speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head. Man, grab this. Grow up in all aspects. It does not say, Paul is not saying, grow up in the aspects that you agree with. Paul is not saying grow up in the aspects that sound good. Paul is not saying grow up in the aspects that, 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 that follow your political structures. Paul is not saying grow up in the aspects of COVID-19. He's saying grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. In other words, grow up into Him who is the head of it all, which is Christ. Guys, the first thing about being different is being different equals standing firm in Christ. You know, I love in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, you hear me talk about this, this scripture all the time. It's so powerful. It's so good. But it says that we are a part of a kingdom that will never, ever be shaken. I think one of the greatest messages in our Remix Road Trip series was Pastor Daniel Floyd when he talked about the snow globe and how some things that are shaken are bolted to the ground and they can't be shaken, but everything around it moves while it stands firm so that we can see what is solid. Hear me today. We're a part of a kingdom that can never be shaken, but I can be shaken when I'm not firmly committed and standing on that foundation in Christ. That's why many of us are, we'll go here with this thought and go there with that thought. And if this person can convince us and no, like 
I don't need to be convinced what church to go to. I need to know where God's called me. I don't need to be convinced uh, where, to, where to put my allegiance in my life. I, I, I need to know. Like, if I can be convinced of something, I can be convinced out of it too. We have to stop being tossed here and there by everything that sounds good or feels good or we read on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever else is out there. I have to stop being convinced by the news and by the, by the newspapers. Like We need to look and we need to go, did Jesus say this? Did God call me to this? Is the Spirit stirring this in me? If it is, I'll stand in it. If it's not, it's willing and able to be moved anytime, anyplace, anywhere. When I'm different, I'm standing firm in, in Christ. I'm not worried about everything else. You can't convince me of anything else. That is part of why uh, I, I believe that people move around so much when they get unhappy. That's why contributors stay strong and consumers move around. Because consumers can be convinced of anything. Because remember, consumers chase feelings. Contributors stay committed to purpose. The truth of the matter is, when we're different, we're standing firm in Christ. My faith, hear me today, my faith is not in doctors and government officials and all that. I respect them, I listen to them, I do what they ask me to do. I have a heart condition. I have to take medicine and I have to do certain things and be cautious of certain things. I would be an absolute 100% fool not to listen to a professional at that. But I'm not ultimately leaning on a doctor to save my life. I lean on God in his sovereign plan who called me out of the pits of hell, who Jesus reached his hand down, grabbed me, pulled me back up when I was drowning, and embraced me in his, in his arms. That's where my faith is. So I don't have faith. I have, I have respect. I have honor. I have trust. But I don't have faith. My faith is in God alone. I stand firm in Christ. Steadiness, hear this, steadiness is a byproduct of a strong faith in God. Some of us need to know that today. Some of us need to be convicted by that today because maybe, maybe the reason we haven't been steady in this season of our lives, maybe the reason this, this whole thing that's been going on for four or five months, there's been about 5,000 different things. Let's be honest, a hurricane came through this past week, and that's the most normal thing that's happened in 2020. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But maybe the reason we've struggled with being steady in this situation is because it's exposing that our faith, our steadiness, our faith wasn't really in Christ. It may have been in something else and to understand that and realize that in your life hear me doesn't mean you're terrible wrong you're going to hell and it's off it means it's time to get it right it means it's time to look at Jesus and go I put my faith in you teach me how to be a part of a kingdom that will never ever be shaken being different means standing firm in Christ number two is this one being different equals strategic living. Or you could put it this way, being different equals spirit living. 
You could, you could honestly interact both of those areas, but I want to read real quick to you um, Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17. It says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. He's not saying look at your feet and take small steps. No, he's talking about how you walk in life, how you live your life, how different you are. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days of e are evil isn't that interesting that paul feels it necessary to look and go hey don't live as unwise men live as wise men and make the most of your time and otherwise in other words quit wasting time waiting on something else be strategic so then do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Proverbs chapter 1 tells us this. It's not going to come on the screen. Just write down Proverbs 1. Go read it. In fact, I encourage you to read a proverb a day. It's, it's a powerful way to start your day and learn and refocus on God and those things. But Proverbs chapter 1 tells us that, that, that the beginning of wisdom is the searching of God. And then it says that fools, fools despise wisdom and instruction fools despise wisdom and destruction instruction i'm sorry so then do not be foolish well what is a fool someone that despises wisdom and instruction well if we go back go back for me uh i don't know how to make it go back let's just there you go make the most of your time because the days are evil so i'm supposed to live as wise men not unwise men i'm supposed to make the most of my time which reminds me of a scripture in first corinthians chapter 9 where paul echoes a same sentiment that's here and he says that he is not going to live his life and he's encouraging others in the church of corinth at that time don't live your life as if he says it this way as if boxing the air how ridiculous would it be to go and pay, do a pay-per-view and watch Mike Tyson, who's making his comeback, box air? It'd be the dumbest thing in the world. Nobody would pay for it. We'd get bored as I don't know what watching it. But we'll watch him fight a person for a purpose. Some of us are wondering why nobody wants to be around us, and it's because they're tired of watching us box the air. They're tired of watching us fight battles that don't matter. Tired of watching us die on hills that don't matter. Come on. They're tired of watching us box the air with no strategy, no wisdom, no truth, no nothing to it. It's just I'm I, I don't want don't don't instruct me. Don't don't give me wisdom and instruction. No, 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 no. But the Bible tells me I'm a fool if I don't take wisdom and instruction. Later on in, in chapter 1 of Proverbs, it also tells me that wisdom is sought in a council. <coughs> so I need to go to multiple people and go, where am I boxing the air and it doesn't matter. Hey, can I just, I need to give somebody some freedom today. Here's the thought. You don't have to show up to every fight that you're invited to. Everybody that wants to fight with you, you don't have to talk to. You don't have to fight with them. Sometimes you can just look at them and go, okay, I love you. Doesn't mean I'm going to ignore you and, and cast you off and cut you out of my life, but I'm not showing up to that fight. Sometimes you need to scroll on past that post. 
Sometimes you need to clear your search bar on your, on your internet browser. You don't have to show up to every battle, to every fight. You know, the, the Bible talks about, in Ephesians, it talks about how the enemy shoots flaming arrows. It talks about it in the, in the armor of God. You know what a flaming arrow was, was for? To ca- it wasn't to destroy things. It was to catch something on fire so it would distract your attention from fighting back. Some of you, some of us, have spent more attention, more time boxing the air of flaming arrows that are catching things on fire rather than fighting the real enemy, Satan himself, who's trying to hijack your purpose. Being different equals strategic, spirit-led living. That's really being a contributor in the kingdom of God right there. Now, let's keep going. Number three is this. This is good. I hope this is helping you today. Number three, being different <clears throat> equals selfless, selfless intentions. Being different equals selfless intentions. I'm going to go to a scripture that we use for marriage counseling <laughs> And I preach on every year in a relationship series because that's what it's intended for. But Paul uses these scriptures to teach husbands and wives how to act towards each other by showing the character of Jesus. I want want you to look at this. Watch this. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And now watch this. This is what Christ does for the church. And when it says church, I want, you to, I want you to put your name. I want you to put the word me or your name right there where it says church. So husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved Brandon and gave himself up for Brandon. Wow. It's the nature. It's the character of Jesus. This is what he does for me and for you. Gave himself up for Brandon, so that he might sanctify Brandon. Having cleansed Brandon by the washing of water with with the word. Jesus, his whole thing was that he would sanctify, cleanse, redeem you and me. Let's keep going that he might present to himself. So he wants to bring me to himself, present to himself Brandon in all his glory. Wow. That he could bring to himself me and you and the church and the body in all of the glory that it could be, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that Brandon would be holy and blameless. Wow. Here's where we are in this. Let's go back to the point. Being different equals selfless intentions. Isn't it interesting that in a passage about marriage, about being a godly husband and a godly wife, we actually see the selfless intentions of Jesus. Paul tells us, he says, this is how you should act just as Christ acts towards the church that he's so selfless that he gave himself up, 
that he's so selfless that his whole goal is to cleanse, redeem, and restore you back to glory in such a way that you come before him one day in eternity with no spot, wrinkle, or blemish about you so that you can be in all of your splendor. Being different. Being the purple cow. Being a contributor in the kingdom is standing firm in Christ. Being a contributor in the kingdom, being different is is strategic living, and then it is selfless intentions. One of the things that I feel like we need to ask ourselves is this. What are my intentions? What are my intentions? Maybe we need to ask ourselves this. What are their intentions? You know, one of the things that bothers me the most is whenever people try to persuade through the farce or the mask of friendship and relationship, or God forbid Christianity, we try to persuade people to come to our side of thinking, our side of belief, our side of offense, under the farce, the mask of Christianity, relationship, friendship, you name it. Because here's the thing, and I said it earlier, if you can be persuaded to A, you can be persuaded away from it as well. And I just want to tell you, like, selfless intentions is this. I'm here to make you better. I'm not here to make me better. I'm not here to build my kingdom. I'm not here to get you to agree with me. I'm not here to get you to love me. I'm not, I am here. Because what that does is that contribute, or yeah, that contributes to a consumer mentality. When my whole goal is to build my kingdom, my circle, my posse, my people, when that's my goal, then the goal that I do is I start now trying to please you. But when my whole goal is selfless intentions to get you better, to draw draw you closer to the to the life-saving power of Jesus to draw you closer to the Father to draw you closer to the kingdom of God to allow God to cleanse redeem and restore you to a place with no blemish when i have selfless intentions i now become a contributor to the kingdom because the kingdom is selfless i'm not trying to convince you i'm trying to convert you I'm not trying to convince you of something. I'm trying to get you to go, there is something bigger than me that forgives me of my sins, invites me on a journey, and helps me live this life to the fullness that it was intended for. And it's Jesus. It's God. And so today, it's interesting to me that I, that God, this morning, woke us up. And he invited us to be a part of a journey of making a difference in the kingdom of God today. Now, whether I join that journey and I'm a part of that journey today is not up to God. It's not up to you. It's, it's up to me. And I know some of you are watching this right now and you don't feel like God's ever invited you to be a part of that journey because of who you were and what you've done and all those things. I want to encourage you to go finish reading the book of Ephesians because it talks about how we lay our former life to the side and we pick up a new life with Christ and we walk different and we look different and we talk different and we become different over a journey with God. Here's the truth. No matter who you are or what you are or what you've done or where you've been, I want you to know something. You have been invited to be a part of a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. 
And today, some of you just need to make that. That is your next step. That is your step of being different. That is you being the purple cow, is giving your life to Jesus today. And if that's you, we're going to have prayer with you in just a minute. And I'm going to give you a next step. But some of you are sitting out there and you're watching this and you're going, man, I gave my life to Jesus a long time ago. Well, then what does it mean for you to take another step with, with being different? Because here, listen to me. Some of you need to hear this. The growth and journey with God is never over. It's never over. There's always a next step to take. What is your next step? For some of you, it might be joining Right Now Media. There'll be some information that'll come on the screen or, or, or we'll tell you after the next worship song, whichever it is. But there, you can join our Right Now Media Study, Not a Fan, by Kyle Eidelman. If you haven't jumped in on that, I encourage you to do that this week. For some of you, your next step is to contribute to the body and the life of the church that you commit to. Maybe it's Radiate Church. I hope it is. But if it's not, then commit to that church. Serve. What can... God use you to do there. For some of you, it's going to start, your next step is being generous and being a contributor in that. I don't know what your next step is, but what I do know is there is a next step. So that we can be, hear me, the purple cow in society. And so I want to pray for you, and then we're going to pray for anybody out there that wants to give their life to Jesus today, like so many have over the course of our COVID-19 digital experiences. Let's pray together. Father, I love you. I give you my life. I give you everything. Lord, right now, there's so many that are watching, and it's time to be the purple cow in this thing. We want to be with you. We want to make a difference in this world, so help us be different. God-graced, Jesus-saved, Spirit-empowered, that we would be different. What is our next step? Tell us what that is. Let us text in, connect to the number so that we can take a next step in our local church and the body of Christ that you've called us to. Let us take a next step to grow with you, to worship at home, to read the word at home, to get into relationships that speak the truth in love. God, let us do what we need to do to live these three things out so we can be different. We want to make a difference. God, I pray that whenever we enter worship in just a moment, that we'd enter worship at a higher level than we ever have before. And God, we honor you. Now, if you're in, out there today and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, now is the best time to do that. I'd love for you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I accept that you gave your life so that I could have it. Thank you for forgiveness, grace, trust, and love. I commit to walk with you every day for the rest of my life and to be a contributor to your cause. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, welcome to the family of God. We're excited, and we want to walk that out with you. There's something that's going to come on the screen. There's going to be a, a word and a number that's going to come on the screen. Text that so that we can get some information and walk that out with you. I can't wait to do that now. We're going to enter back into worship because worship is a response to who God is in our lives. Let's worship like we have never worshipped before in our homes, and let's go be the purple cow. Let's go change the world. I love you.